It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are broadcasting today in Memphis, Tennessee. On the campus of Rhodes College with the Kappa Alpha Order Province Council in front of a live studio audience. All right, that's beautiful. What a great crowd. It's a live one. And uh, we want to honor somebody here today and their group and their organization is Sam here today from Austin P. Sam, you in the room? Come on down. Let's have a round of applause for Sam. All right, our guest is Sam. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm doing just fantastic, and I want to um, honor you and applaud you on your efforts. I hear there is a national award coming down for your group at Austin P. Do you know anything about this? Not a thing. Will, did I just blow the surprise, or did I guess I just blew it? <laughs> I was talking with Will earlier about uh, philanthropy and charity work that we like to cover on this radio show, and he said, well, definitely you want to bring on uh, Sam to talk about what they do at Austin P. So if you win this award, which you will, act surprised, okay? I can do that. I okay, do that, yeah. so uh, you didn't hear that from me, even though this is on the radio and everybody knows about it now. Tell us about what you do with your group, Kappa Alpha, on the campus of Austin P. Why are you maybe, probably, definitely going to get honored. All right, so we work with the Muscular Dystrophy Association, which is our national philanthropy, 4KA. Uh, we do a week called Gentleman's Week every year at Austin P. Uh, it's three days of just straight fundraising. We bring out all the sororities and things like that uh, to do all kinds of events. We do Our biggest event is Pie in the Face, where we sit out in front of our plaza and let everybody pie us in the face all day long. Last year, we said any girl that wanted to get pie could get pie for $5. One girl said she wouldn't take it for any less than $50. So three guys all stepped up with $50 and got pie in the face. <laughs> Last year, we raised over $5,000 uh, just in three days for MDA, and uh, this year we're hoping to raise, raise $10,000. So. That's fantastic. Let's have a round of applause. That's awesome. That's awesome. And before I let you go, uh, what is around the corner? What's your next philanthropy or event? To, uh, to, is there something going on this spring? Uh, Gentlemen's Week is March 25th, 26th, and 27th. Okay, so if you're down in the Austin P uh, area, stop by. Yep. Uh, yep. Tell Sam. Uh, don't tell him he won an award. Don't tell Don't him. Blow, blow it for him, but uh, just stop by and congratulate him. Yep. And uh, Sam, I want to thank you for being on the show. And I'm impressed with all the work that you guys do, not only at Austin P, but nationally with Cap Alpha Order. It's an inspiration to everybody just to get involved with your communities and try to be a better person. So thank you so much for being thank part you. of the show. Appreciate and uh, best of luck to you. And gentlemen, thanks again for being part of this radio show. 
The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Coming to you from Miami, Florida at Sun Life Stadium. We're in the bowels of Sun Life Stadium. I don't even know what, this looks like a batting cage I'm standing in with our special guest, former Miami Hurricane, former NFL star, and former, uh, or I guess current, you, you never lose this title, Super Bowl champion, yes, yes, yes. Kip Vickers is joining us. Hi, Kip. How you doing, sir? How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for joining us. And what year did you win your Super Bowl? It was 2000 with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, we we beat up on a, a pretty good Giants team in Tampa, so it was it was an awesome opportunity to, uh, to actually come home because I'm from Central Florida, uh, and and win the Super Bowl. That was that was pretty cool. Now, what uh, maybe that year? Well, first of all, I got I have a little connection with your Super Bowl team, uh, Corey Harris. Yes. was on your team. And he's yes. from Indianapolis. He yes. played at Ben Davis High School. I actually played in all, uh, the All-Star game with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of us won a Super Bowl. One of us didn't. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, do you keep in touch with these guys? Um, I, I, I try to. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think once you leave, it's kind of difficult at times because, you know, everybody goes everywhere. Um, you know, but there are guys I run into, you know, events like this. Um, you know, when you come to a game or something like that, you might run into some guys. But uh, I try to keep up, keep up with a couple guys. Um, right now, I've been reunited with a, a bunch of, you know, the old Hurricane players. Um, they do a really good job here of, um, you know, contacting each other and keeping keeping up. But I think it's hard when you have different teams. You know, um, you have Baltimore, you know, Baltimore, you have Indianapolis, you know. So it's a little difficult, but I try, you know. So that Super Bowl is 2000, so I'm guessing in 2015 we'll have a big 15-year celebration at one of the Ravens games, and they'll bring the whole team back, and you'll go out at halftime and wave to the crowd and all that? I really hope so. I really hope so. Actually, they had, um, what was it? Um, I'm going to say they had a reunion um, not too long ago. A friend of mine, um, um, uh, Spencer Falau, he put together a reunion. um, more than a few years ago now, but um, and that was really cool. A lot of the guys came back. Trent came back. Ray was there. Um, well, he was still there. Um, so it was it was that was really cool. I hope they do that again. That would be really cool. Well, you mentioned you played for the Colts as well. Yes. I think the Redskins. You said yes. Uh, actually, you know when they did the reunion uh, in Baltimore, they had the uh, a lot of the old Baltimore Colts. Um, come to that I'll reunion too. So it was, it, it was really cool. It was really cool. Kip Vickers is our guest, and uh, we're at Sun Life Stadium in Miami uh, for the All Pro Dad Father yes. and Kid Experience. Now you're here uh, not just as a, a former player, but uh, I'm assuming as a as a current father. You've yes. got the All Pro Dad shirt on. Tell us how you got involved with All Pro Dad. Um, it was an organization um, founded by Tony Dungy, and um, you know I've been hearing about it, that kind of thing. Uh, made a phone call. Uh, I think. Um, I think it was in, when I was in Baltimore, um, Rod Harris, uh, he was the chaplain there. Um, and I think a bunch of the guys got involved, um, kind of stuck with it. Uh, I, I really enjoy and appreciate what they, what they represent, um, being a father, being a parent. Um, I have, I was adopted and, you know, I know what my father meant to me, um, I didn't appreciate it when I was younger, like most kids, but uh, as I got older and became a man, you know, I realized what value he provided for me in my life. And, you know, he passed away when I was a sophomore in college. But, um, you know, looking back, um, I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know. And to be able to, you know, I won a Super Bowl, came home. My mom was around, but my dad wasn't 
to have been able to share that with him would have been an awesome experience. Um, but I wasn't. But, you know, now I have the opportunity to be a father to my children, um, to be in their lives, to take my responsibility as a parent very seriously. And, and I do. Um, and, you know, there's no perfection in it. But, you know, my heart is to do what's right and to, to help them as much as I can. So I think uh, all pro dads, they represent that kind of, you know, desire. Not perfection, but the desire to be the best parent that you can be. That's fantastic. That's great to hear. Uh, I'm sorry about your dad uh, yeah. passing. And um, when you're out at events like this, I noticed uh, people coming up to you. you you're, you're a celebrity. I mean, people still love you. They want to see those Super Bowl rings. Uh, you've got a couple <laughs> bull rings on, I think. Yeah. Uh, you're big time down here, my brother. Uh, <laughs> big time? I don't know. There's a lot of big time down here. I don't think I'm in that circle. But, you know, I, I think they appreciate um, you know, the sacrifice and what it takes to, to win and, and be a champion and also be a parent. You know? Well, that's the great thing is that uh, with that celebrity, people mm -hmm. want to take pictures with you. Yes. There's almost an instant credibility at an event like this where they'll listen to you and what you have to say about being a great father. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's awesome to have a platform. Um, and with that platform, you need something to say. And I think with, you know, conjunction, being... Uh, joined with uh, all pro dads, it definitely, you know, the importance of being a father, you know, just coming here, you know, it represents that. You know, I, it's said without saying it, you know, being a father is important. And I think I try to go out every day and, and try to be that for my children, you know. So um, I know the value. I know the value um, looking back in my life. And I just, I encourage people, I encourage men to be that, you know, be that father, to be that dad to for their children. It's it's needed. It's needed. Kip Vickers is our guest, um, a great role model with All Pro Dad and being a great father. And I've got to give you um, some props as well for being a great role model with physical fitness. You were an offensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, people, we've seen the ESPN 30 for 30 on the offensive line and uh, HBO Real Sports about how these guys on the offensive line in their retirement gain an extra 100 pounds, their heart, their heart problems, uh, there's health issues, their knees give out because of the weight. Mm -hmm. You've gone the other direction. You were an offensive lineman, and you look like you're in the best shape of, uh, of any linebacker's life. I mean, is physical fitness, um, I guess, part of your life that you obviously teach your kids? Do you share it with other people? I mean, not just being a great dad, but physical fitness and eating healthy and all that. I, I can't believe you were an offensive lineman. Um, at, at times, I can't either. Um, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's been something... Um, you know, you, you learn how to eat. You learn how to be healthy. I think, you know, the longer you're in the league, it becomes important. And when you leave out, um, there's just, you know, so many different things, different directions you can go. And um, I, I was. I, I did get bigger. I was a lot bigger than I am. I mean, just, what was your, just give our listeners some perspective. What was your playing weight, and what do you weigh now? Um, my playing weight was, I think, the heaviest. I was like 320. I, I, that was like the absolute heaviest. I think I played on average around 310, you know. Uh -huh. um, right now, I may be like 250, something like that. Um, but um, And, I mean, it's, it, it's distributed. This is not a big, giant gut 250. This is big shoulders, 
you know, big legs, muscular man, still a big football neck. This is not beer gut 250. This is healthy 250. I'm amazed you were an offense. I, when, I was, when I met you earlier, I thought, oh, that guy must have been a linebacker. I, I, I think also it goes back to, you know, my father died when he was younger. You know, he didn't take care of himself. Um, he sacrificed himself, worked hard every day, and, you know, he took care of my mom and, you know, anything she needed, whatever, doctor, this and that. But he never went for himself. He never did those things to take care of himself. And, you know, like I said, when I look back at that Super Bowl, to have had him there, you know, wishing that he would have taken care of himself. So I think as a parent, as a father, you know, I had to take a step to, to ensure that my best opportunity to be there for my children when they got older and that kind of thing. So I, I take this thing very seriously. You know, um, I don't know any 300-pound, 80-year-old men, and I'm not arrogant enough to think I'm going to be the first. So, you know, <laughs> I, just, I just don't. So, and, and that's a part of, you know, you, you learn how to eat in the league and you, you know what to do. It's just when you leave, you know, there's, you know, there's this, you eat, you know, yeah. you eat, you kind of, you can't replicate the activity that you had in the league. So it becomes difficult, but um, it's important. Though. Well, yeah, you know, while you're playing, you're, you're working eight hours a day, burning calories, you retire, you're sitting on the couch. So that, that weight can go the other way. Well, uh, the party continues at Sun Life Stadium. We're here at the all pro dad, father and kid experience, lucky enough to be hanging out with Kip Vickers, uh, former Miami hurricane, former NFL player with uh, the Colts, the Redskins, the Ravens won a Super Bowl in 2000 with the Ravens. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, and uh, just a pleasure to hear about your work as a father with all pro dad and your I guess how physical fitness is at the forefront of your life as well, because you want to you want to not only see eighty. Let's go for a hundred. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. We will have a party. <laughs> I want you to be there now. I'll be there. I'll be right there with you. Let's I'm not going to wait three hundred either. <laughs> let's do it, man. This is Hunter Smith, NFL veteran, author of The Jersey Effect, and lead singer for the Hunter Smith Band. And you are listening to the Adam Ritz Show. We bring back a, a special regular guest. To the, well, he's not special. He's just a regular guest. We've had him on the show so many times now. Lee Lonzo. Hi, Lee. Hello, Adam. Great to be back. Does it feel really great to be back on the show? You are uh, one of our original, I guess, uh, contributors to the broadcast, and uh, I think you hold the record now for the most appearances on the Adam Ridge Show. Well, uh, uh, that's a real compliment to me, and yes, it's great to be back. I listen to your show. I love listening <laughs> to the interviews. Uh, uh, just recently, one that pops to mind was that interview with Jeff Saturday, which was awesome. Oh, cool, cool. Because uh, I'm all about mentoring, and he talks so much about mentoring, so absolutely, it's great to be back. And just real quick on your background uh, you mentioned mentoring you you're a, a lifelong educator an attorney a consultant you've uh, been an athletic director a principal an attorney I think I said that twice because I like attorneys so much <laughs> um, and now you are the principal of Lee Lonzo consulting and you consult um, high school organizations on how to deal with bullying and hazing and I hear you're involved with uh, another project uh, that is really dear to our hearts with the Special Olympics. Tell us uh, more about what you're doing with high school athletic directors, high school student athletes uh, with the Special Olympics. Well, Adam, it, it, it's been a great opportunity for me. I've been involved with uh, high school athletics my entire life, and uh, I've had the opportunity recently to work with a, a group in a, a student advisory committee 
Cincinnati. Uh, these are, are great student athletes from around the state, and they wanted to take on a new service project. Uh, they were aware of the NCAA model of uh, their the NCAA student advisory committees working with uh, not-for-profits and doing service projects. So our kids decided that they wanted to, wanted to look around. They did some research. They had some uh, presentations, and they decided to start a brand new project with Special Olympics. It's been just a win-win, very rewarding situation on all sides. So what is it? What do these kids do with uh, the Special Olympic athletes? Do they work with the athletes? Well, uh, that's just a part of it, and let's start with that. Uh, my student athletes uh, from 18 schools around the state, uh, they have set three goals for themselves. And the first one is the category you're talking about, and that is volunteering with Special Olympics athletes. So they are running clinics. They are uh, helping Special Olympics at their regularly scheduled events. For example, this upcoming weekend, you got a bunch of tournaments going on around the state. They need scorekeepers. They need people to move things around. They need officials. They, they just need bodies uh, because Special Olympics is pretty much entirely run by volunteers. So our kids are volunteering with these athletes. In some cases, they're actually planning these events themselves. We had a, uh, a bowling party with Special Olympics athletes recently. I've got some kids who have planned uh, uh, track days and and softball days and soccer days in the spring with Special Olympics athletes. So that's one goal. They're also trying to help raise some money for Special Olympics. They realize that they can only offer programs if they've got money. And one of our big uh, things coming up is we, we're, we're having a national summer games in the summer of 2014 in New Jersey. So our kids are helping raise money to send people to that uh, national games. And then the third uh, goal they've set for themselves is to raise awareness about people with intellectual disabilities and particularly uh, a Special Olympics initiative called Spread the Word to End the Word, End the Word which is the R word, retard, yep. retarded. Uh, just get that out of your vocabulary, and our kids are taking a pledge not to use the R word, and they're going out to their schools and trying to get them to do that as well, all part of an anti-bullying awareness campaign. So uh, it's just been so rewarding seeing these kids latch on to this. You know, you mentioned uh, awareness, and um, it's something that we've dealt with a lot with charities is that sometimes organizations – uh, would want to have awareness just as much as they want to have the finances. So if you can't afford to actually give money to, a, to an organization, if you can't give a dollar bill to the Special Olympics, retweet them. Go to their Facebook page. Like their Facebook page. Uh, share all that content. And maybe someone, one of your friends, will see something you reposted on your Facebook page, and maybe they have a dollar that they can give to the organization. So don't think just as, I don't have any extra money, I've got my own bills, I've got my own problems, that you can't help. You can't help if you get involved uh, socially and uh, just heighten the awareness. Our guest is Lee Lonzo. Uh, he's part of an initiative with uh, high school student athletes in the Special Olympics. Does this have a title, like an actual namesake? Well, I just came back from a, a conference and it's hosted by Special Olympics, uh, but they generically refer to all the high school associations uh, j just that way, interscholastic high school ath athletic associations, and they are really encouraging the state-by-state -state cooperation and partnership between the state association and, uh, and Special Olympics within that state.
So tell us about the conference. Where was this at? Well, uh, it was out in Phoenix, and I think that was uh, intentional because Arizona was one of the first on board with this. Uh, I thought you were going to say because it was warm. Oh, <laughs> well, that too. No. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you this story. It snowed while we were there. I met a guy who said it hasn't snowed in Phoenix in 55 years. It snowed while we were there. So we didn't really enjoy the weather. Uh, but Arizona Athletic Association has had this partnership with uh, Special Olympics for years. And one of the events we got to go see was the high school basketball state championship. And between a girls game and a boys game, there was a a unified game. And what unified sports is all about is the same number of Special Olympics athletes with non-Special Olympics athletes who are called partners. And they played a game in between the girls game and the boys game and got all that publicity and all those people in the stands cheering for them. It was, it was a great experience. That is very cool. Very cool. And this uh, conference in uh, Phoenix was uh, had athletic directors from all over the country, right? Well, uh, it had some athletic directors, but it was really more based on, on the executive directors of the state associations and their assistants. So every state has that one organization that runs all the state championships. Uh, it was those people as well as Special Olympics people from 29 different states who got together and said, how can we make this work? Uh, for our kids and our kids being both the Special Olympics athletes within their schools and the people who are normally participating with the High School Athletic Association. And then real quick, can you describe uh, the feeling that you sense that uh, a high school student-athlete gets or experiences when they work with a special Olympian? Well, I, I'm just going to give you one example. I, I, I work with this junior at, at Boone Grove High School, and uh, she, uh, first of all, raised a bunch of money by jumping in freezing cold water. Polar uh, plunge. Polar plunge, and that's a big one for Special Olympics. Then she turned around and at her school organized one of these basketball games. This one was held at halftime of her varsity game. Uh, and then a few weeks later, she writes me that her boys' basketball team won the sectional first round of the tournament, and they started to go cut down the net, and they grabbed their manager, who's a Special Olympics athlete, and had him go down and cut down the first part of the net, and the crowd went nuts. And then she turns around to me and says, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I think that says it all. That's a great example. That is, that is, it warms your heart. It That's does. awesome. Well, Lee Lonzo, we thank you for coming on the show again. We look forward to having you back. Uh, before we let you go, how can our listeners uh, follow what you're doing? Well, I'm on Facebook, Lee Lonzo Consulting. Uh, I'm at LeeLonzo at me.com. And uh, got a webpage, LeeLonzoConsulting.com as well. I will click on it today. Awesome. Thank you very much, Adam. <laughs> Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. We welcome to the broadcast a true broadcast professional, Greg Rakestraw. Hi, Greg. Hello, sir. I uh, am excited to have you on. You've uh, done play-by-play, many sports, uh, basketball, baseball, college basketball, college baseball, football as well for ESPN3 and the Horizon League networks. Uh, And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, your work with Butler Basketball. Mm -hmm. Tell you what, um, it's amazing the ride that those guys have been on really over the course of the last 15 years. You know, they have come to national prominence, certainly, uh, in the last three seasons uh, and, and getting to back-to-back national championship games. But it started with Barry Collier, uh, then for Thad Mata's brief tenure here, uh, led a little bit of a dip under Todd Licklider. He then brought them back up 
And now, you know, what Brad Stevens has done over his tenure as the head coach at Butler has just been absolutely amazing. And these guys have gone from, you know, regional powerhouse to Cinderella team that gets mentioned as a bracket buster every year to now a legitimate national power. Well, it's it's an imp- inspirational story, really, with a team and a campus that small. It's the true life uh, Hoosiers. It's you know the the thing that that really impresses me about it is is seeing a team win the right way. Our guest is Greg Rakestraw, as you can tell. Uh, he is a professional broadcaster, <laughs> a great voice, play-by-play college basketball with the excitement of men's college basketball this time of year. Uh, we thought we talked to Greg about an inspirational story with Butler basketball. Now, within Butler University basketball, there, I think, is an even more inspirational story with head coach Brad Stevens. Um, on the national scene, a lot of people are familiar with Butler basketball now, playing in uh, two national championship games. Uh, but maybe they're not so familiar with, with head coach Brad Stevens. I'd like to hear from your perspective, being a play-by-play announcer sure. with Butler, um, the, quick, the story on coach Brad Stevens. Here's a guy. It didn't come out of nowhere. Right. He came out behind out of nowhere <laughs> and it's so inspirational to uh motivational just to think okay if if this guy can pull this off maybe i can pull something off my myself all right uh, allow me to date myself here brad is four months older than i am uh so he'll be 36 in september i turn 36 at the end of the year it's strange to see guys my own age and 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 their uh, and their face plastered on television in a coaching position. It was more strange five years ago when Brad got the job when he was thirty, and of course he looked like he's sixteen. Mm-hmm. He still looks like he's sixteen uh, as of now. My first year out of college, I called one of Brad's games at DePaul University. Uh, you know, so so Brad was a great high school player in the area uh, in Zionsville. Played Division three basketball. Um, and, and after a year removed from playing and, and coaching, he just felt drawn back to the game. Uh, so Brad had, had, a, had a great job at Lilly in Indianapolis and just said, you know, this is, this is not what I think I was meant to do. So took a volunteer assistant coaching job at Butler University. Uh, really wasn't a student assistant, really wasn't a graduate assistant because he wasn't enrolled in classes. He was just there donating his time, but yet doing it on a full-time basis because that's what he wanted to do. And I just I have to interrupt you just to make sure I got this right, because this, this, this is the most inspirational thing to me. Young man, college graduate, working for one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, yeah. quits his job to be a volunteer coach with a team making no money. And it, 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 th- that's all accurate. And I'll take it one step further. Dude was about to wait tables at Applebee's, not far from campus, uh, to help make additional money. When sadly, uh, there was a little bit of a legal issue with a, one of the assistant coaches on the staff. And so Brad gets bumped up to the director of basketball operations slot, which isn't a coaching slot, but at least is a paid slot. So, okay, now he's, he's not making Lily money, but he's at least making something and to justify. And he's not at Applebee's. He's not at Applebee's. <laughs> a great place to eat. Wouldn't want to work there. So the next year, he's working for Thad Mata at the time. The next year, then Thad leaves Butler to take the Xavier job. Todd Licklider gets promoted to the head coach. Brad becomes a full-time assistant coach. He works under Todd for, I, I want to say, six years. Uh, and then Todd gets the job at Iowa. 
Barry Collier, the former head basketball coach at Butler, is brought on to be the new AD, and he wants to hire from within. And when you have been as successful as Butler had, that team had just went to the Sweet 16. They were beaten by the eventual national national champion in Florida uh, in the Sweet 16. And probably the most competitive game that Florida had their entire tournament run was against Butler in the Sweet 16. So Barry wanted to bring in a guy that knew the Butler way. And it came down to Matthew Graves, who was on the staff, or Brad Stevens. And Barry went with Brad. And to show you the respect that the guys in the program had for Brad, not only did no players transfer out, a lot of times the assistant coach that doesn't get the job thinks, this is not right, I should have gotten the job, I'm going elsewhere. No, 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 Matt stayed on the staff, and Matt is now the associate head coach and has been in that spot for the last five years be because he is a guy that went to school at Butler, played at Butler, has been on the staff ever since, and he believes in Brad Stevens and the Butler way. And so it's, it, again, um, <laughs> you, 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 the comparison always gets made between Butler and the Hickory Huskers and the, and the movie Hoosiers. Um, frankly, the Butler script is better. It is. It is. It's just so inspirational that a guy would quit his job. He wanted to be a coach so bad that he, right. that he would do it for free. And then a few years later, uh, takes that team, a small campus, uh, relatively, I don't know. I know they, they were in that Sweet right. 16, but took them to the national title game two years in a row. That's so inspirational. The one thing I'll point out, though, is now Brad can buy that Applebee's and can take you and I out to Applebee's <laughs> for lunch on a daily basis for months, and his pocketbook wouldn't feel it. He is well compensated now. Well, not to say that um, his employment down the road won't be at uh, a bigger university or in the NBA. Right. I mean, that's certainly possible. But the other part of this inspirational story is that after that success in the national championship games, he's been offered everywhere, and he has stayed at Butler. That is some loyalty that needs to be admired. Very much so. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm a big believer in, in maybe the next thing isn't always the best thing, or, or, or a bigger thing isn't always the best thing. And, and I do think that at some point in time, Brad will move on. I, and I think it won't be about money. He is well compensated in, in, at Butler, he, you know, being from the area, he, he wants to stay. He doesn't mind giving Butler, I think, slightly a hometown discount, uh, knowing where he lives. And I'm glad you bring up the NBA because I could easily see his next job being an NBA job. Uh, because he is a younger coach, I, I think, you know, guys in the NBA would relate to Brad very well. It's X's and O's that translate into the NBA. So could I see Brad being mentioned um, in, in other big-time coaching searches this year? Absolutely. Butler University expertise from Greg Rakestraw, a seasoned uh, college sports uh, analyst and, and, old, and play-by-play uh, announcer with his um, take on Butler basketball and head coach Brad Stevens at Butler. Thank you for your time. For our listeners, let us know how we can get in touch with you with your Twitter and Facebook. It's very easy. Greg Rakestraw. And, and for spelling purposes, Greg Rakestraw. Put them all together, and that's how you find me on Twitter and Facebook. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.